This program contains material that is to be used as a reference tool only. The content of this program may not contain materials or ideas suitable for all scenarios or in all states. Opinions provided on this program are those of the program participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of American National Group Incorporated or its subsidiaries. This is On Air with Education and Development. I'm your host, Christina Lashmed, and this is part four of our Liam series for the podcast. And we're talking about kind of that last step, delivering the promise. I've got a very special guest with me from Claims. Her name is Peggy Turner. She is a claims manager on the life and annuity side. Peggy, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, Peggy, how long have you been with American National? Like, what positions have you held, and what are you doing now? I am in my 31st year at American National, yeah. I started my career with American National in the health claims department as a claims examiner. Then I moved into auditing and special investigations for the health claims department. And in 2007, I transferred from health claims over to the life claims department as a claims consultant. And now I'm the manager of the investigations unit in the life claims department. Gotcha. So describe your team to us, um, like how many folks you've got, what their titles are, and maybe the types of claims that they handle on your team. I manage a team of very dedicated, very skilled, very analytical, critical thinkers. Our investigations unit reviews all complex life, accelerated death benefit, disability, and annuity claims. So on any given day, they can review high-dollar claims. These are claims in excess of a million dollars. You've got the accidental death claims, homicidal death claims, suicide death claims, foreign death claims, contestable claims, competing claims where we have beneficiaries competing for the benefit. They've got suspicious death claims, claims that may involve some type of forgery of some sort, fraudulent death claims, missing persons claims, stolen claims, claims where there may not be an insurable interest, uh, disability claim waivers, accelerated death benefit claims. So there is it's just anything that does not look like it's cut and dry, it gets into the investigations unit. Gotcha, yeah. You're dealing with sticky subjects. You know, we're talking about someone, you know, losing their life or maybe uh, with the accelerated benefits, you know, potentially a loss of life. But still, it's very interesting, uh, I guess, to say that the type of claims that your team handles probably have some very interesting type of conversations with insureds and potential beneficiaries and whatnot. Absolutely. All day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's dive into the accelerated benefit claims. This was actually something that I did not know a lot about our coverage. And when you and I spoke previously, I found it really, um, really interesting. So what are some common misconceptions of coverage that you see on these type of claims for accelerated benefits? Unfortunately, there are some misconceptions. Many of our insurers believe that just because they've experienced a qualifying event. And since that event is a significant issue for them, they believe that that claim for the accelerated death benefit is automatically paid. Experiencing a qualifying event is only one piece of the claim approval process. The accelerated death benefit is not to be confused with a disability 
income benefit, like a short-term disability income benefit. It is not an income replacement plan. It's not like AFLAC. And although if approved, it can be used to replace your income, it is not a living benefit plan like some other insurance companies have. The key difference with American National's Accelerated Death Benefit Plan is that you must have a significant loss of life expectancy to receive an offer. It's not just because you experience a qualifying event. Another misconception is that the claimant thinks they're going to receive the full death benefit. So if an offer is going to be made to accelerate the death benefit, there is a formula that our actuary department uses to determine how much of the death benefit can be accelerated. Now, and this formula takes into account several factors, portion of the eligible death benefit that can be accelerated, the cash surrender value of the base policy, future premiums required to be paid to keep the eligible death benefit in force, uh, any future anticipated dividends for the base policy, the interest rate for the accelerated benefit, and our medical director's determination of the future expected mortality for that event. So just because you've had a heart attack, which is a significant health crisis, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get an offer. And if you get an offer, it's a it's not the full death benefit. And another misconception that we find is that since the insured is still alive, right, even though they've, they're following an accelerated death benefit, they are technically still alive. They believe that a contestable review should not be conducted. They believe that the contestable review should only be conducted on death claims or when a person has passed away. That's not true. The fact of the matter is that if any claim is filed within the first two years of the effective date of the policy, it is subject to the contestable medical review. And it's not just that we have a right to do it, but we are obligated to do that. We get audited by every state department of insurance and our stakeholders our policyholders have the expectancy that we're going to pay the payable claims but if the claim is not payable we're not going to pay it this means that we have a right and actual obligation to confirm that the representations made on the application for insurance are true and if there are any misrepresentations made on that application, be it undisclosed medical history, undisclosed smoking history, undisclosed criminal history, drug history, if any of those misrepresentations are made on that application, our underwriting department determines whether or not that history would have caused any adverse underwriting of that policy. So yes, this person is still alive, but any of those misrepresentations could cause that policy to be rescinded by the claims department. So that means that not only are you not going to get the accelerated death benefit, you're also going to end up with your policy being rescinded and all of your premiums refunded. Right, because essentially we look for coverage in claims. Regardless of what type of claim it is, when we've talked, we find it is similar that we always look for coverage and, and we really want to provide that. But we also want to make sure that we're not paying for something essentially that was going on before that policy was taken out. Absolutely. Absolutely. The riders do have that pre-existing clause in there. The condition must have started after the rider was put into place. Mm-hmm. If you had cancer before and you file a claim for cancer and it's the same cancer, it's you know, you're not going to get an offer. And medical records are reviewed to verify that information. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So from a claims perspective, what asks do you have for the field? You know, we've got listeners out there who are being encouraged or who already are really selling our products for life insurance. So, and of course, you see it on the end where the person's actually filing the claim. They're looking for that delivery of the promise on the policy that they took out. So what could our agents do better that would greatly assist the claims process, not only for your team or other team members on the live side, but also most importantly, really is for the customer. One thing we would love is if the agent knew that there was a change in beneficiaries, say whoever was the beneficiary initially has passed on to make sure that that client has submitted the documentation to change the beneficiary. Oftentimes we're doing a mad search trying to find people who may have the ability to get a state requirements to finish completing a claim. It's unnecessary if we can avoid that. And we would love it if there is any change in beneficiary, like I said, if there's something that's happened to the primary beneficiary, or if they could name a contingent beneficiary on the application, that will help us as well. One thing for sure is just to make sure that they send in all of the documents that we're requesting and make sure that the documents are complete. The claim form, if it's missing information on it, it's got to get returned to have the rest of that information put on the claim form and sent back to us. One thing that we've seen here lately is, and of course, everyone's got their iPhones and their Android phones and so on and so forth, but they're taking pictures of the claim form and emailing that to the claims department. We can't accept that. It has to be legible. If we need to request additional information, we have to be able to send that document out to outside sources. And we can't do that if it's a picture. The death certificate needs to be certified for certain conditions and for certain dollar amounts. So we have an express claim process that we use, but not every claim qualifies for express claim processing. So we need our agents to make sure to tell the claimant that if the claim is over $25,000, it won't qualify for the express claim processing. If the death is caused by any manner other than natural, it's not going to qualify for the express claim processing. If the claim is filed within the contestable period of the policy, it won't qualify for the express claim processing. If it's a foreign death claim or if the beneficiary is not a living beneficiary, say it's a trust or an estate, those don't qualify for express claim processing. So we get a lot of express claim forms submitted on claims that we can't process quickly because it doesn't qualify for the express claim process. And knowing that our contestable review takes time, we make every effort to obtain information that we need as quickly as we can. And a lot of times that depends on how quickly we get what we need from the claimant, be it uh, the name and address of the primary physician, if we need a specific HIPAA authorization to obtain medical records, we're gonna have to send that back out to the claimant. So if they're delaying responding to our our request, that's gonna delay the claim process. So a good question then is, say, if you've got a person calling the agent asking for a status or saying the claim's 
isn't moving quickly enough, maybe a question the agent could ask to be proactive is say, hey, have you gotten the needed forms from the claims department? You know, have you gotten those? Have you filled them out? What's your status on that? Because that could essentially be the hang up before they call the claims department and ask. Absolutely. And we do send notices out to our agents, letting them know where the claim is in the claims review process. We do try to keep them updated so that they are aware right off the bat that, okay, they're they're waiting on records from Dr. John Smith and Dr. John Smith says that he needs a special authorization. We let them know that so that they can tell their client. If claimants move, we need to be aware of where their new address is. We get a lot of returned mail. We can't do anything, you know, with that if we don't know where you've moved. Yeah. So just hard. keep us, yeah, keep us in the know. We want to pay every payable claim as quickly as we can, and we need their help. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier about the form that we don't want pictures of, right? And I get that because, you know, sometimes the picture looks really good, but then when the recipient gets it, it's blurry or out of focus and you can't see anything. What is the preferred method for receiving that type of stuff? Because pictures are quick. It's the, it's how, you know, we've kind of started uh, living our lives and, and getting information from one place to another. But what is the best way to get that info to the claims department? The U.S. mail. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> the US mail the is kick the it best. old school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do have online claim reporting on our company website. We do allow you to fax documents over to us. We do allow you to email documents over to us. They just have to be legible. And a certified death certificate, of course, you can't email it. You can't fax that over. We want the hard copy. We want the certified death certificate. So the U.S. mail is the best. Uh, it's not the quickest, but it's Yes. Yep. It's what makes sense for these situations. Absolutely. How important is that partnership between claims and the field, especially from that claims perspective? You know, you have a different view compared to our field force when it comes to this delivering the promise and fulfilling that policy. So, Peggy, I'm curious in your thoughts of how important is that partnership between your team and the other teams on the life side with that field force? It is very important. We want to be that source that they can just call and ask, you know, what's the status of this claim? And and we've got some agents who call directly into our department because we've handled cases for them before. And we appreciate that. We want them to come to us. We want them to ask us questions about the claim. We want them to say, hey, I've got this client here. She's in my office. Can I just fax this over to you? That's fine. That's perfect. We want to be able to deliver that check to the agent so they can deliver it to the client. We've got their backs and and we want them to look good out there in the field. So we want to process their claims as soon as we can. Providing that the claim is payable, we want to pay every payable claim as quickly as we can so that they can protect their reputation. And we want them, we know that there's a lot of agents who have many other insurance companies that they're representing. We want to be at the top of that list because of our claim service. Earlier, we kind of talked about some situations where there could be potential denials and policy recension, stuff like that. Uh, And I think it's important you just mentioned, we look for coverage. When we first get a claim, that is what we're doing. We are are looking for coverage. We're not looking on how to not pay it. And I think that's an important message. Yeah, it's an important message for the field to hear. Yes, our job is to pay every payable claim, to find a way to pay the claim. If it's payable, we want to pay it. If it's not payable, 
we want to be able to get the documentation to prove it timely so that at least they can close that chapter of whatever they're dealing with. It's bad enough that they're dealing with some type of setback in their, in their own personal health as with the accelerated benefit claims, or if they're dealing with tragedy and somebody, you know, COVID hit us all. And this was a lot of unexpected deaths. So we wanted to process claims as quickly as we could. We want to be that sure thing for them. You know, I submitted my claim and I got my payment. That's what we want. But those claims that are not payable, we do provide a clear explanation why it's not payable. Or even if it's the face value is paid, but the accidental death benefit is not paid. We want to be able to explain why that was not paid. And sometimes it takes time to get that information from those sources. We have to get the toxicology report. We have to get the autopsy report. And if they require special authorizations, we have to reach back out to the beneficiary to get that information for us. Right. We're at the mercy of some other folks to keep keep those claims moving along. I wish we could control every other yes. place that we had to get <laughs> records from. But, you know, I, I think there, there's a couple of counties where they are just bombarded with so many deaths and the backlog was tremendous. Mm-hmm. And we can't do anything about that. But we definitely don't want to say that the delay was because we couldn't get an authorization or we couldn't get the forms. Yes. Or definitely a delay based on the actual claim specialist. We don't want that either. Oh, absolutely. So sticking with our Liam theme for our Life Happens 20 Years of Stories and sharing those stories, I cannot imagine the things that you are exposed to and have been exposed to working these types of claims, talking to the loved ones, the beneficiaries, the relatives after going through potentially something maybe it may be expected, maybe unexpected. And in claims, we deliver that promise. We fulfill that contract and write that payment. So what story or stories do you have in keeping with our Liam theme regarding the delivering on the promise? You know, it's not always that people come back and say thank you, because if we've done our job, then we hope that that payment came in to help. It it will never bring back that person in in the case of a death claim, but it, it relieves that financial burden. And granted, it depends on how much the policy was worth and so on and so forth, what difference it makes. But we believe that any little bit helps. Mm -hmm. So not all the time do they come back to tell us, thank you. And I guess that's okay, because that means that we've done what we were supposed to do, what they expected us to do, and we did it well. But like you said, I can only imagine going to the mailbox and getting that check when you're suddenly a widow and you've got small kids, or even if you don't have kids, but just facing the future without that other income, and you get that check in the mail from the insurance company. That's got to be a super burden lifter. Um, I can see siblings, especially like with, like I said, with COVID, we had so many deaths in COVID and then now kids are having to bury all of their parents all at one time. And this is, they're not settled. They don't have the finances to do that. And to get that insurance payment just relieves that burden. And we, we love being that source for them. But there are some cases, like um, we're reviewing a claim now with a young man who tragically lost his life in an airplane accident. Just, you know, a little small plane crashed about a mile or so from the airport. No telling how many times he's made this trip, but it just landed in a cornfield and he and the pilot died. He left behind a wife and two small kids. 
imagine what that's going to feel like now when she gets this insurance payment, that she can carry on his legacy and carry on life for her and her kids. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I'm glad that we have become the company that people can rely on, that people can trust to do the right thing. Right. And that's an important thought, too, in getting agents thinking when you share the story about this unfortunate plane crash. Of course, not everybody's cruising around on planes and exposing them to that type of risk, but lots of folks do. And these are things we don't expect to happen. And that's why Life Happens is such a resounding organization and something that we lean on when it comes to celebrating Liam and focusing on life insurance sales because you just never know. And to have that security, that check like you talked about, that lift of a burden, you guys are doing that. I just think it's it's really great. It's great that you guys are there to support the clients. You know, our agents support them on the front. And then when it comes to that last step, when a loss of a life happens, that's that's where your team comes in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Insurance is that thing you wish you had when you need it the most. We want our agents to convince people or, you know, just straight talk to them. Hey, you you may not need it now. You may think you're good and healthy and there's nothing wrong now. But I mean, COVID caught all of us by surprise. Accidents happen. There was that time when almost every death was a motor vehicle accident because of all of the texting while driving things. That has kind of calmed down a little bit. But, you know, accidents happen. Things happen. I just saw on the news yesterday the little school bus that got hit and a little child died on a school bus. You never would have thought that. Anybody on that bus, the driver included, could have been injured, could have lost his life. And it's going to be sad. It's going to be tragic. But at least we can help cushion some of what they're going through with an insurance payment. Yes, absolutely. Peggy, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and and chat with me and spread this very much needed information to our field as we wrap up our Liam series here. Just really appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we are there for them. So all they have to do is just call us. We'll try to walk them through whatever they're needing to help get the claim processed. And we appreciate them. We really do. And thank you. Thank you, Christina, for this opportunity. Thanks for joining us to invest in your business. We want our program to work for you. If you have a topic you want to hear or would like to be a guest, connect with us through podcast at AmericanNational.com.